welcome back everybody to the cnc replay i'm noelle and i'm Corey. uh we're back you guys would never guess the amount of stress it takes to put on this podcast every week um, it took us about an hour both talking to each other and then individually trying to figure out how to get this thing to record what exactly did you do Noah? i guess i never figured that out you're like it worked and then yeah, I wish you would ask me this not recording, because now I have to tell you that I'm pretty sure... Okay, so everyone, just bear with me. I just got new headphones. They turn on independently of, like, of like they're cordless, right? But they can have a cord. They turn on independently, and I think that was the problem, was I accidentally turned them off, because they also have noise cancelling, and it's controlled by the same button. So I think I turned off... Thinking I turned off the noise cancelling, I think I turned off the headphones. So... This is my fault. I recognize this. I own this. I'm really sad that your face is doing what it's doing right now. Oh, boy. Um, you know, this is great that I actually didn't ask you before we started because this is, <laughs> this is, this is an incredible, incredible uh, opening. Is it? Uh, I. It's just me being really sad at myself at this point. I mean, it happens to the best of us, right? I feel like we've all done something where it's like, oh, we've been on mute or we're not on mute or, you know, like it, we live in a, yeah. we live in a, a Zoom world now, unfortunately. Um, and so yes, who... but I need to be better, Corey. I, I need to be better. You know what? We're just, I need to... to be better than other people. We're j Whoa, geez. Okay. Noelle. That we're... is, that is my own thing. I'm working through it. I was going to say, we just need to do our best every day. Corey's motivational no i know i i hear that in my head but in my spirit and my it. being i don't believe it nope. no i have to be a1 all the time or people are gonna think less of me that is how this brain works and it's not fun yikes do we do we need to like stop the podcast do we need to have a do we need no to have i have a, a therapist it's oh, okay <laughs> good lord so anyway uh sports no i feel ah uh, man i was thinking about i i, I wanted to say something I couldn't remember what I was going to say, but like, I thought I th it was going to be like a good conversation piece, but no, this was better. This was better because now okay. we, I, but I'm, I'm so mad. I'm going to remember it. Like I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night and be like, oh, or shoot, it'll come to you in the middle of this podcast and that just too. shout it out. And I'll be like, oh, this is, this is the, this is the thing that I was telling you about earlier that I forgot. And I didn't tell you because I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Naturally. That's okay. Um, All right. So yeah, uh, <laughs> enough about my issues. Let's talk about the lions. Good. Or we can talk about my issues if you want. Uh, I don't know that we have all night. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about the lions. <laughs> that you know that is one of my issues. The lions. I think that's one of all of our issues. Um, it, it seems like we hop on this thing every week and we talk about how something incredible has happened. For, uh, you know that deals with the misfortune of the Detroit Lions. Uh, they did a stat. Uh, everyone knows that I'm not even going to talk about the final score because everybody saw it. No, but the shocking thing is, is that this wasn't an original occurrence nope. for this season. Nope. That was the shocking part. I guess that was the shocking part was the, that was the, that was the stat I was going to tell you about ESPN mm -hmm. like did, did a stat, uh, that said like the lions are the only team to lose two games on last second field goals of 50 plus yards in one season. Yes. Would yep. you would you expect I, I you look up only team to lose and then fill in the blank of whatever stat that you want. Uh, the Lions hold 97% of those. And the Lions probably hold multiple versions of those. You remember you remember the I think it was the Thursday night game that uh the Packers were in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And and Rodgers threw that Hail Mary. That was the before yes. the one that he threw in the playoffs, but he threw that yes. Hail Mary and I remember, like, like OMG, the Lions are going to win. Like, I remember kind of being excited, and then mm -hmm. that play happens, and I'm like, this is this is this is my future. And yeah. lo and behold, it's it's held up pretty nice. Um, but side note, my dad never, all, all, like, everyone talks about, oh, it only happens to the Lions, and my dad was like. What are you talking about? This was horrible defensive coverage. They had three. They had three rushers, and then they had two linebackers that were guarding the sidelines, like legitimately not guarding anybody. Like there was no zone. They, I mean, their zone was the side. What are you doing guarding the sidelines on a hail mary type play? What are you doing? Making sure I don't have an answer for you. 
Right, and I, this is this is this is like a play that happened years ago. But the point of the matter is, the Lions lost that game. It wasn't like some <laughs> some magical thing where like some godforsaken rule shows up, like the Golden Tate ten second runoff doesn't get in the end yeah. zone. You know, yeah. whatever. It's not like that. Um, but regardless, we saw some more same old Lions stuff on on Sunday, and I remember people texting me. My brother in law texted me. Uh, my friends here in Indy texted me and they're like, Corey, the Lions. And I, I, te- I, I responded to my brother-in-law. I'm like, you cannot be possibly texting me about how the Lions are going to pull away in a game when this t- other team still has an opportunity to win this game. You cannot, you know better, you know better. <laughs> and then lo and behold, this happens. Um, but I did a deeper dive uh, into the game. I watched uh, like just like the condensed like highlight, whatever. Yeah. Um, it, a strange game. Now the Vikings aren't like a barn burner by any by any means, but still holding the team to what nineteen points on the road, fairly impressive. I, we'll, yeah, we'll look at we'll look at this from a just let's take ourselves out of the situation and like let's just uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I can't think of the word. Like if you're just pinpointing on something. Zero in on? Uh, yeah, isolating it. Well, that's Isolate. What it, yeah. Okay. So if we just isolate... We yes, wow. We are... Yikes. We've, we had a rough start. It's going to be a rough pod. Just we're going to roll through it. It's going to be tough. So if we look at that, 19 points on the road. That's all you give up. That's pretty impressive. But football is not a game where you can just isolate things and then, you know, all of a sudden you have to put everything together. And that's our problem with our Detroit Lions is they can, they never have been able to put everything together. I watched that game. They could not cover Justin Jefferson at all. Mm-mm. I mean, nope. Uh, I, I, and they changed their scheme. They tried to adapt. They did all this stuff. The guy seemingly whenever Minnesota needed a big play open, made the catch, yep. whatever. Um, Minnesota didn't have Dolphin Cook. He was inactive, so they had your backup running back who ran for over 100 yards. Wouldn't that be something if we could have a backup running back that would run for over 100 yards? Um, so that was cool. Uh, really appreciated that. Um, Kirk Cousins. I, I would say Kirk Cousins is a better Jared Goff. I used to be really high on Kirk Cousins, um, which is saying a lot because of how much I hate Michigan State, but I was always like, you know what, Kirk Cousins is a pretty good quarterback. Like, I'll give him the credit where it's due. Um, But (sighs) Kirk Cousins isn't a guy who should be picking you apart like they did at the end of the game with with 30 seconds to go. Yeah. Those were like Aaron Rodgers-type plays. Now, it could be due to the talent of his receiving core. Thielen made a couple big catches at the end of the game. Um I think uh, Jefferson might have made one, too, that they just drove down the field. And then, of course, when on earth has a Minnesota kicker ever been clutch? Only against the Lions. Only against the Lions. Do you remember a couple of years ago, uh, it was when the Vikings moved away from the Metrodome to... They had one season where they didn't have their stadium, and then they had, like, the Social Bank or whatever it's called, like, that huge, like, sharp-looking stadium. Like, yeah. Literally, like, corners everywhere. Um, they played... They played at U of M, University of Minnesota, um, their stadium for the full year. Then they went to the playoffs. And then Blair Walsh missed like a 20-yard field goal to win the game. Good. <laughs> and and then Good. Nat- naturally, I can't even name the Minnesota kicker right now. Um, but no. he, he, you know, he boots a 54-yard 50, field goal to win the game against the Lions. Um, so I really, I think if you are an opposing team, I guess, you know, if you're an, another NFL team, and you have a kicker who needs to figure their stuff out, just play the Lions. Just play the Lions. Just play the Lions. You'll just, be fine. You'll gonna... figure it out. You'll win by one or two points, and you'll be okay. Yeah. I, I would take a victory over a loss any day of the week. I don't care how you get it. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, and then there's there's going to be a lot of conversation about Campbell's reaction after that uh, mm-hmm. after that loss, but I, I, I do want to point out some good things and then also some just like typical Meh. Lions things. Um, the good, the running game looked pretty solid. I, yeah. Both Williams and Swift, uh, you know, knocked off a couple of big runs, like I think uh, 20, Mm -hmm. 20 yard plus runs. Um, and Campbell gave Swift a kiss on his helmet after that last touchdown. Yeah. Like he just, Swift ran off to the sidelines. Campbell grabbed him by the head and like kissed him. Yeah. It was great. A hundred percent. Um, Swift like trucked a dude late in the game. 
he had yep. I think that was his longest run of the game and he like I, I can't remember if it was a, a linebacker or a corner, but ran him over. I mean you don't want him to you don't want him to do that necessarily because of his like head injury like history, mm-hmm. but if he's healthy, let him let him run wild. He looked very impressive. So did Jamal Williams, and everybody loves Jamal Williams here right now. He's really embraced uh, the city of Detroit. Um, so that was good. Uh, this was one of those games where you really saw the limitations of Jared Goff. Um, just the short passing, and a great, again, a great way to not turn the ball over. Short, short, uh, um, condensed passes mm-hmm. and packages. Um, you will move the ball slower than most other teams. You'll run some time off the clock, but also you'll prevent turnovers. Uh, but still, Goff had a pick, and I think he had a fumble in the game as well uh, with no touchdown passes. Uh, so definitely not his shining performance. But again, this is this is a Minnesota. You would expect this against like a a much better defensive team. Minnesota was one and three. Mm-hmm. Not that impressive. Like Minnesota, like is going to finish third in this in this division solely because the Lions are in the division. If they were in any other division in football right now, which, by the way, everything that's happening in the West of the NFL, like the AFC and the NFC West, is wild. The Kansas City Chiefs, who are the defending NFC champions, are in last place. Just think about that for a second um, in their division. They have two losses. They got shelled on Sunday Night Football. Um, but they have two losses. Um, and... Again, just Minnesota was shorthanded. They still had good receivers, but nobody really likes Kirk Cousins as like a game-changing quarterback. Um, so that's just—I mean, it's a little deflating, you know. Uh, Quintez Cephas had a great game, but then also broke his collarbone after the game. So not only do you have the worst receiving core in the uh, in the NFL, you're down one of your better players. Now this is a good thing for a guy like Amon St. Brown. He kind of. He kind of showed up a little bit in this game, and I expect him to be a big part of this offense. Um, Khalif Raymond, who had a couple of big games in a row, didn't even have a catch um, this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll get involved with the offense more. And TJ Hawkinson's kind of gone silent for the past three yeah. weeks. I don't even know that I've noticed him running. Right. Uh, which is scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not good. Um, especially since he's your most uh, dynamic weapon. Uh, that's that's debatable, but I I mean I would say <laughs> it feels like giving him too much credit, but I nah, know what you're going for. No, I, actually no, I think I'm a I'm a double down on that because uh, pass catching running backs um, are fairly easy to replace in the NFL. Now I love Swift, but running back is probably one of the most replaceable positions in the NFL. Everyone always talks about how you shouldn't give a running back a massive deal because their shelf life a is so small or so short, and b you can draft some guy in the fifth round and he can change the dynamic of your team now. So that's why I want to, you know, give Hawkinson the credit. Um, but yeah, uh, those are my thoughts on that. Um, and I'll leave it, I guess, with the, uh, Campbell speech at the end of the, at the end of the game, um, him moved tears, for how hard his guys are working and, you know, how much they fought. And, I mean, honestly, like, it, it is emotional. Like, mm-hmm. the, I mean, to get punched in the gut, like, every year. Times? I mean, it's twice a year, but um, at least this year. But, like, Lions fans are used to getting punched in the gut at least once a year. But, like, this is, like, twice in the first five weeks of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I've heard a lot of – I've read a little bit on some beat writers that, you know, oh, this Lions team isn't as bad as the record says it is. Um, I do think um, to go for two at the end of the game was the right call for Campbell, and it worked for him, um, which also I read an article saying that it ended up not being the right call. Um, I, I didn't really understand it because it's like, oh, like the guy like gave like the, it was an ESPN Plus article. I'll, I'll pull it up. I had it. And maybe put it in like the show notes or something like that. Um, but it was talking about how uh, many people think that the call to go for two because Lions were shorthanded, you know, they had a lot of injuries, and also were not projected to win this game um, was a good move because they could get the lead and then only have so much time. Uh, but the guy was trying to make the argument saying that that wasn't the right move because then that forced the Vikings to 
then try to win the game then and there. So he was kind of under the argument that, like, oh, if we tied the game, then we would just go to overtime and the Vikings wouldn't try to push anything. And it's like, they had two timeouts and 37 seconds left on the clock. They were going to try to do something with that yeah. regardless. Um, so, I mean, kudos to Campbell in that situation. I mean, I guess the game would be over um, if you miss the or if you miss the two-point conversion. But the Lions also have uh, recovered, what, one onside kick this year already? Was it two in the first week? Or was it just one? I think it was just one, but don't quote me on that. Okay. Well, so they, they got they have at least one. So it's like their special teams are pretty good. They've got a great punter in Jack Fox. But uh, if we're talking about how great your punter is, that we're not in a good spot to begin with. Um, but, yeah, I just don't agree with that. I think I think the, the gopher two call was great. Um, put them in a position to win. And then just the Lions were the Lions again. And they got punched in the gut. And... Um, Bottom line, all these people are trying to say, and some of these like analysts were like, um, all these analysts were like, yo, uh, this team isn't as bad as the record shows. And I, I really hope so. I really do. They have the Bengals coming in next week um, who kind of are a question mark. They could be one of the best teams in the NFL or they could be one of the worst teams in the NFL. It just really depends. Um, but they have a really dynamic uh, receiving room as well. Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are on another level right now and then they have the eagles which i think is a very winnable game for them um mm -hmm. being at home as well um before the bye week hits um but like we've said from the beginning like i i really do like that campbell cares a lot i think his players see how much he cares and i think that's why they're sticking into games that maybe they don't have any business sticking into but at the end of the day we need to see we need to see some wins yeah we need to we see do when the beat reporters were talking about this team isn't as bad as they have played or as they seem, were they talking talent-wise, like talent on individual players compared to previous rosters, or just compete level? I think just compete level. Um, because... Which I can, I mean, we can all see that. They're not giving up. No. You know, like that was par for course for most of the last, what, 15 years? Yeah. <laughs> At least. Yeah. Um, so in, in that, in that regard, yeah, I love that, but you need, you need the talent aspect of it too. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it's grit and hustle can only get you so far. We've seen that for the last five weeks mm -hmm. and you just need, you need something to capitalize on that because it's, we've gotten to a point where it's like, and I think I think the the reason we're all feeling it is because the hype train got too tall, and because I think people were very excited about Campbell. Okay, you know what I mean. Like sure. they were they were excited. They're like things are going to change. We might see some new stuff, and we have to a small extent. But for the most part, like we've been saying, it's the same old lions. Like it's it feels very similar, and I don't think we would be in this much of a of a place where we're like, ugh, how is this happening again? If that Campbell train and, you know, if, if that wasn't as, as high as it was in preseason, not even preseason, but you know, like off season. I, I think too, just the, again, the whole Patricia situation, having a team with no energy to then now having a head coach who's the polar opposite right. that right. builds into the excitement. Um, and I think, it, everyone gets excited week one, usually, as long mm -hmm. as there's not some sort of demoralizing defeat. Um, and to see the Lions bounce back from that week one loss and almost, you know, pull off some incredible, incredible thing that happened at home, uh, players talking about how loud it was in Ford Field, um, that really, that really builds some excitement. So I would agree with you there. Um, but still, if anyone looks at that roster and says, oh, we were going to be better off than where we were last last year, yeah, they're not really paying attention um, yes. to what's been going on, um, which is which is unfortunate uh, and sad. But, I mean, <laughs> I saw I, the, the Lions Reddit is kind of heading into doomsday um, uh, status now, um, which is really funny, but also, like, really sad at the same time. Like, they're talking about expecting 0-17, um, which, oh. which, like, 
you, you like as a as a fan of a normal NFL franchise, like oh we're gonna we're not gonna win a game. Like it's like okay things are bad, but do you really believe that zero and seventeen is a possibility? Like no, you don't. But the fact that the Lions have already been zero and sixteen and we're losing games in the way that we're losing them now, it's like this. We're getting closer. <laughs> it's not out of the question. Yeah. And yeah. they and guys just keep dropping like flies every week. I mean the the we were already shorthanded um, at the beginning of the year, uh, uh, and with you know just the roster the way that it was, and now we keep losing valuable starters. Um, Jamie Collins got cut. We talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. Um, offensive linemen, which is going to be our strong suit. You know we got a couple of those guys out as well, um, and it's. <laughs> unfortunately could be a possibility um and i'll still double down eagles good chance to win there um bears unless justin fields figures it out on on, you know before the thanksgiving day matchup Uh, wouldn't put it past him no wouldn't put it past him but and but on the same side as well seeing the teams seeing our teams like kind of hang in there during the during the game like 0-17 0-17 is a possibility, but, like, it can't possibly be that way if we're playing this well, quote-unquote, and yeah. still losing. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I did remember um, what I was going to say at the beginning. <laughs> Yay! Um, so that, you read the article. I, I think you tweeted about it, or you, I know you post like you posted on the social media. What was your favorite I know, I think you said it, but I couldn't remember. Oh, the O Curses was definitely my favorite. What was that one again? It was that, um, oh gosh, now I can't even remember. Um, Somebody got traded and then put a curse on the team for 50 years. Oh, Bobby Lane. Yes. Yes. Uh, But then the end line was, he had, because he put the curse on him in like, was it 56 or something? Mm Mm-hmm. and the article was posted in 2017, and so the last line of that article was like, but that doesn't account for the last however many years, because that curse would have ended in 2007. And so the last little part of that paragraph was like, but that doesn't account for nine, I guess is what that would be, the last nine years. And I was like, hmm, yeah, that, yeah. that tracks. Yeah. But I also just liked the fact that my curse theory, even not having known it, with uh, was correct, so... Mm-hmm. That's why I enjoyed that. What was uh, reading through it? What was your favorite? Um, I think the coach one was my favorite. Yeah, uh, which favorite that sucks, but the coach <laughs> one uh, was good. Uh, also, because I I, I like the Oakland Raiders a little bit as well. Um, the Fred Bolitnikoff story, and I remember my dad reading that, and he had no idea because that's where I get the Raiders like fandom from. Mm-hmm. Fred Bolitnikoff was first drafted by the Lions. Um, but the Lions didn't want to pay him, so then he went to the AFC Raiders, and then he became a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Great. So, like, it, <laughs> it's just, it's like it's bad luck. It's themselves. It's like there. I think there was one too uh, that they had a really good offensive line. Um, my dad tells me this all the time. Uh, one guy sustained a career-ending injury. I don't think he was able to walk again, and then another guy was killed. He was like, it was like a freak accident too. He was like gardening in his house, like just like, like mine is in like a truck hit him in his, (gasps) in his lawn. I mean, horrible story. That's awful. Absolutely horrible story, but horrible. I don't even want to make any joke about it, but like, that's another thing that happened with like the franchise, like that's just associated with the franchise of the Detroit Lions. So like death, bad luck. Uh, their own ineptitude, uh, it, it follows this franchise. It, and it doesn't make any sense. It, you cannot scientifically explain everything that's happened with the Detroit Lions. It's oh impossible. It's impossible. I think, I don't know if that was in the article. I don't, judging by your reaction, I guess it wasn't. Um, I, honestly, I skimmed. Okay, cool. I'm not going to lie to you. So okay. I probably, I may have missed it. Okay. We'll have to, we'll have to pull it up again. Um, yeah. But, uh Yeah. Regardless, uh, just horrible That's things insanity. that happen with the Lions. Um, any other closing thoughts on our on our Honolulu Blue Cats? No, okay. just a big sigh, just, just one big sigh. One big sigh. Yeah, I agree. Um, Pistons. 
Pistons. They had their first preseason. the Pistons. They first... did have their first pre- preseason. Actually, uh, their first two. Yes. Oh, their first two? Or is that tonight? I think they is two tonight. I Truly, I couldn't tell you. I know there is one tonight, but I didn't know if they had one before this. <laughs> okay. Um, I Hold think on. I think it's tonight. I, I think they only played the Spurs. Yep. Spurs was last Wednesday. Okay. And then... Uh, looks like you are correct. Today's okay. the second one. I thought, for whatever reason, I guess I thought, maybe it was a practice that I was watching. Sure. Like a scrimmage practice. That would have, that's what it was. Sure. That makes Anyways. Some, that makes yep. some sense. Um, so I did a deeper dive in the highlights as well. Um, mm-hmm. one thing I noticed, there's, there, oh, there's a couple things I noticed, and this is preseason, so take it as you will. Sure. Uh, their transition defense, uh, they got burned quite a bit, uh, yes. by the Spurs. Um, so like fast break, uh, they didn't they didn't adapt pretty they didn't adapt well to that. Um, I feel like the Spurs got like twenty points off of you know easy threes and transition layups um, off the Pistons, which you know it, it, especially in the preseason, I feel like that's going to be a little bit out of sync anyway because you're rotating guys in with guys who you know may not usually play with each other. But again, yeah. everybody on the Pistons is new, so you're going to have to get a new uh, chemistry with the guys that are on this roster, considering mm-hmm. that Sadiq Bey is the longest tenured Piston. Uh, I, well, I guess Jeremy Grant is now. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, encouraging things to see. Um, Sadiq Bey, first first points of the game, deep three. So he's picking up right where he left off. Um, Jeremy Grant uh, played well as well. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, super happy to see that. I'm sorry, I had to look at something real quick. Um I liked how Kelly Olynyk played. We're going to have a lot of uh, unorthodox center play. Um, and Kelly Olynyk stretched the floor a little bit. He could get a couple buckets you know, underneath the basket, but he also hit a couple of threes, um, which was uh, pretty dynamic uh, as well. Um, I know Isaiah Stewart, you know, Beef Stew, everybody's favorite player, uh, started the game, um, I believe. I, I mean, he. I don't want to say he's pedestrian, but I think they were um, – conserving him a little bit i don't think he i don't think he got a whole lot of significant minutes yeah and i mean uh, it's preseason, so i don't think that's anything to worry about sure i'm not i'm not looking too much into it um no. another thing i noticed uh we are gonna have a tough time against bigger teams not 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 like uh like bigger as in like bigger markets but like bigger as in like length wise Length and girth, I should say. That's gonna be that's gonna be the title of our of our Length episode. Length and girth. Length okay. and girth. Gross. And we'll okay. have we'll have the we'll have the safe for work tag on it as well. Um, but <laughs> um, Kelly Olynyk is six foot eight. Isaiah mm-hmm. Stewart is six nine, or it might be vice. I think Kelly Olynyk six nine. Isaiah Stewart six eight. That's not very uh, big for your NBA centers. Um, and I feel like they got burned down low a little bit because I, I, I don't want to say they couldn't handle them, um, but they're going to have a tough time just due to, you know, size. Um, and and this kind of goes down the board a little bit. They have some pretty undersized players um, mm-hmm. on the roster. Um, Killian Hayes isn't very uh, intimidating in stature, but he is also a teenager, so he, he's got time to grow. <laughs> hopefully gonna fill out just a little bit right right i think he'll be he'll be he'll be just fine but do you uh, think he'll have a valeno season no where he just uh, like well like fully you just oh. kind of went like you what's the um the aperture on your word like if you just make that you, you know drag drag the picture out and make it wider and bigger it's kind of what happened to joe valeno right uh no i don't i don't think that that's gonna happen um okay. <laughs> I guess he also doesn't have to bulk up. It's not hockey. He's not roughing people up. Correct. Correct. Um, and plus, I just don't... Hockey and basketball players won't lift the same, so they won't get that big. No, I know. I'm just saying. I, I'm just, I'm just saying, too. Being a... Never mind. I was I know. being funny. No, no, no. Trying I, to. I, I know never you're mind. being funny. It's fine. I know you're being funny. I, it's fine. I apologize. Um, now, I, now I lost my train of thought. Um, but, no. Uh, Killian Hayes is a small... Killian Hayes forward. is small, but I think if they... If they face any zone defenses, which 
is I would assume more prominent in going the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, they're gonna it's gonna be tough for them to open up their lanes because they they did a pretty good job of getting the ball to the perimeter. I think they're a pretty good three point the three point shooting team, but so is the rest of the NBA. The NBA relies on the three point shot. Um, mm-hmm. The game has far changed since the last time the Pistons were in the finals or competing at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, example, Ben Wallace being a guy who was a defensive-minded player. Uh, that yep. probably, you will probably not see a Ben Wallace-type player, uh, I don't want to say ever again, but in that same light, in that same right. style, I don't think you're going to see that, just judging by how the NBA is uh, changing and adapting. Um, Speaking, sorry to cut you off, but no, you're we good. can come back to this, but Ben Wallace was hired by the Pistons this week. Yes. In, as a part of their office. Um, so he, let me see if I can find his actual title here, because it was one that sounded made up. Oh. Um, you know what I mean? Like, they want him a part of the team, but they don't have, like, an official thing for him. Yes. Like, an official placement, so they just kind of, like, finagle words to make it sound like he's doing something. Mm-hmm. Do-do-do. Um, I heard it earlier today, too. Why can't I find it? Um, but it it was basically something along the lines of uh, team and player relation. Not it was it had nothing to do with development. Maybe it was like connection or something. I don't know. It felt like a lot of words that I was like, what exactly do all of those words mean together to you? Exactly. <laughs> we'll research that a little bit more. I think it's uh, it, organizations do this all the time. They do. Um, as I, I don't want to say figureheads, but uh, judging by how well the Pistons have been run the past couple of seasons, uh, I'm not going to be too concerned about Ben Wallace, who is a Pistons legend, being in service. Especially if he's in the room and looking at tape with guys and being like, like if he's up there next to sitting next to Sadiq and being like, hey, this is how you can tweak your game a little bit. Like, I think that that's going to be a great resource to have somebody who Hall of Famer guys will look up to him, but also something that we probably need a little, you know, the defensive aspect is something we need a little bit more. And I think he's going to be able to speak into that. Yeah. I think it would have to be the work ethic side. Um, and then also Ben Wallace was an undersized player. I mean, he was a guy that was guarding Shaq in that Oh four championship. Team. Right. And he, he was, he had no business being, uh, you know, matched up with these guys that he was on on in this championship run. So looking at your center depth uh, for this team with Isaiah Stewart, Kelly Olenek, and then Luka Garza, who did get into uh, the uh, in the game a little bit. He looked pretty good, I would say, yeah. just in yeah. his limited time. Um, I found I found the title. Okay, Basketball the t- Operations and Team Engagement Advisor. Yeah. What do all those words mean together? He'll he'll do he'll he'll do some sort of specialist like training thing. Exactly. I would assume team engagement. I, maybe it's like a community thing. I have no clue. I've never once heard of this position before. Because it because they made it up for him. That's fine. <laughs> this doesn't exist anymore. I no, I think it's also fine. Yeah. Anyways, uh other thoughts concerning the game. Uh no, I think I covered uh quite a bit. Um I'm excited to see what this team would look like with Kate in the in the situation cuz I mean, I thought they played pretty well without him there. But yeah. that's, that's a testament to what they were building on last season. Now, yep. um, I've read and heard some things that like saying, like, oh, the Pistons aren't going to be any good, which probably, probably they won't be any good. Mm-hmm. Um, but depending on how big of a game changer uh, our friend Mr. Cade Cunningham is, uh, mm-hmm. they might surprise some people. And again, people do not seem to understand how weak the East is. And the NBA had already said that they're going to do this play-in tournament thing again. Um, so like the Pistons don't even need to be a top eight team. They can be a top, uh, uh, what? So it's no, who, who gets in the play? It's the seven versus the eight and then the nine and the You're 10. You're looking at me like, no, I know. I, I just, I'm, I'm speaking <laughs> out loud. Um, so they just need to be top 10 to have a shot at the playoffs, um, which would be fun. I, yeah. I, I, you know, it could happen. Right. Uh, that happened. Yep. That happened to the Grizzlies last year. They were technically, as far as standings go, the nine seed. So they had to win two games to get into the postseason, um, and they succeeded. And they they stole a game from Utah. 
which nobody expected them to do. Um, so I think I think a top 10 finish is reasonable mm-hmm. for this team. And if they have Cade hot at the end of the at the end of the year, superstar players can take over games. Um, yep. Uh, that's not that's not a secret. Um, and you know that might be exciting basketball down the stretch, and we might be able to build off of something like that. So, uh, mm-hmm. those are my thoughts. Those are good thoughts. Thank you. Um. I just thought we needed to talk, just at least say that uh, Josh Jackson, Josh Jackson, wow, uh, had a game. Mm-hmm. It was no, just he good. fun to watch. I don't yeah, know. He looked good. I, because I feel like he was, um, not that he was he was by no means bad last season, but I think he was just taking time to um, fit in with the group. And I feel like it was really fun to just kind of watch him do his thing. Um I will say that the flow of the game, like, burst out of, you know, the first period and, uh, like, really hot, scoring all the time. Like, they took the lead very, very quickly mm-hmm. um, and took a big lead very, very quickly. And then something happened in the second where they were just, like, not moving the ball, not, like, I don't know if that's they got where, in their own heads or that, just, like... That's where the Spurs size kind of kicked in, I think, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and it definitely, I'm sure that's part of it. Uh, and then they finally, like, in the third, started to, like, figure out the passing and um, making longer cross passes that, you know, had some force behind them so they didn't get intercepted. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I enjoyed watching that game. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. No, it's, it, it, it we've said this till we were blue in the face. They're building something. There's yeah. progress that's being there. Um, and I think more importantly, the players are believing it too. Um, they're yeah. embracing that chip on their shoulder mentality. At least Jeremy Grant has, uh, we've talked about him since the beginning of time of this podcast. Um, and if guys like a Seku are not going to buy into that mentality, they're going to get shipped out. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that, we have no reason but to be optimistic. Maybe not hopeful, but optimistic about the results of this team. Um, I would agree. So uh, I totally blanked because we're not going to talk about the Tigers for so long, but um, we will. I wanted to talk about free agents um, and who the Tigers could potentially target. Um, and Lovely. I'm trying to pull up the list that. Uh, I had here. Um, yeah, go for it. But uh, I, I, was, I remember looking at some of these lists. First of all, I think this could be a very competitive um, free agent market, um, and it should be. Um, but as far as who the Tigers are going to get, um, that's always going to be up in the air. Um, I looked at the catchers, which is kind of what we need. A lot of these guys are going to be locked up. Um, and... Excuse me, I was about to burp. That was gross. Um, a lot of these guys are going to be locked up uh, with their teams. Like There's guys like uh, Christian Vazquez for the Red Sox. He'll be locked up. Uh, Tucker Barnhart is interesting for the Reds. Um, he's, he's a defensive guy, um, but still has some offensive upside. He's got a club option. Mike Zanino's got a club option. He'll stay. Buster Posey is a San Francisco legend, so he's not going anywhere. Um, there's a couple guys I see on this list. Uh Jan Gomes, he's kind of been a journeyman ever since he left Cleveland. I think that's a guy that the Tigers could potentially sign. And then Steven Vogt, who's like a thousand years old. He's 37 here. Um, but he's also a very serviceable guy. Because we'd have to think, the, the, the guy that we sign isn't going to be starting the majority of the games. He's going to be starting about like um, 50%, I should say, if that. Um, but uh, I think that signing a guy like Gomes or vote would work out pretty well. Um, and I think those are some guys you target um, in that regard. I don't think you mm-hmm. need to trade anybody uh, for shortstop. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be Carlos career bus. That's the best guy on the market. Um, and I really believe that. Um, I really believe that Carlos Correa is going to come here just given the, uh, given the connection with AJ Hinch and uh, um, just longevity of his career still left. I think he's one of the youngest shortstops left uh, 
on that on that uh i'm trying to find it whoa I had I was looking at second baseman for a second, but yeah, the list. Carlos Correa is the youngest free agent shortstop, so that would probably be the guy that would make the most sense about signing to a long term deal. Trevor Story is a guy who's interesting, uh, but he's twenty nine, two years older. Corey Seager is twenty eight. I would like to see him, but I also don't think that he would come here, just given he's from the Dodgers, given the you know the relationship with the Astros and how people feel about them, and then having going to play for a former Astros manager would probably if he's going to leave LA first off probably feels dirty to him I would say that's that's the best word I would use uh Javier Baez is also a free agent I don't want him stay away from him he strikes out way too much um I was saying a while ago that they should sign an outfielder judging by this class I, I don't think so I don't think they should um Kyle Schwarber is a name that's interesting, but he's not really a great defender. Um, and I think the Red Sox are going to lock him up because uh, he's he could be a pretty integral part of of that, especially however long they go in the playoffs. Um, Nick Castellanos is a name that's been thrown around. He's not going to come back here. <laughs> don't even don't even think about it. Um, Abisel Garcia, there could be a reunion there, maybe. Um, he's been a journeyman, but everywhere that he's played, he's played pretty well. Um, and then also a guy like Michael Conforto is interesting. It depends on how much money he actually gets because he's had a dreadful season and he never stays healthy. Um, but, uh, maybe he comes here on a discount, which I wouldn't mind, but also we just had a guy come here on a discount. Um, I can't even remember, Nomar Mazzara and he was pitiful and didn't even last the season on this horrible team. Uh, starting pitching is what's very interesting. Big, big time names: Scherzer, Kevin Gosman, Carlos Rodon. Uh, I don't. I, I'm not even going to mention his name because I don't know where he's going to go. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez for the Red Sox looks to be a guy. Robbie Ray is going to make a ton of money. I don't think the Tigers are going to sign him. Um, and then, of course, our boy Justin Verlander. There's a lot of other guys on this list, but if if we were going to sign anybody in anything that makes sense. I mean, Verlander, for the reunion's sake, I think they would sign Eduardo Rodriguez because they've been talking about, like, he's had a down year, but his advanced metrics show that, that that's kind of fluky. Um, and I think the Red Sox are finally going to go and take somebody who, they're going to have a difference-making uh, arm. So I could see them going after somebody like a Robbie Ray uh, in that case, or a Marcus Stroman uh, to, pitch in, to pitch in Boston. Um, but other than that, interesting case perfect scenario for myself <laughs> just bring the whole band back together bring verlander back <laughs> bring scherzer back scherzer's not going to come here he's going to sign with la i think but bring scherzer back and then i love zach Greinke. he throws like 84 miles an hour but he still gets people out and i can see how that would blow up in the tiger's face um but uh i would love to see it because i love that guy he's so weird and hilarious um and I think he would be a great piece uh, to this team um, for, you know, just his experience. Um, and then also his connection with Verlander, I think. I, he's a good pitcher, and until he's not a good pitcher anymore, he's going to be a good pitcher. I know that doesn't make any sense, but you at least have to try because you could potentially get him on a uh, cheaper uh, deal. Um, so I, I I don't know. I'm just looking at this list. I'm hopeful. I think there's a couple guys that make a whole lot of sense. Um and if Verlander doesn't sign here, I think I'm going to be really sad. I'm going to be crushed. Um, but Yeah, I'm waiting. I'm tentatively waiting for that day. The pod after that day is going to be rough. Yeah. When we get, if, when, and if we get there. Correct. Um, but I think it just makes too much sense. Like, we talked about it in our, in our chat. Um, him to do, him to come back and do something and accomplish something that he could not accomplish before when he was here first. What's more legendary than that? He's already got his Hall of Fame career cemented. And if he can recruit his buddy, Max Scherzer, as well, maybe he does. All um, the better. All the better. Um, but, again, I think... Excuse me. Wow. I that think was cute. Yeah, sorry. I think Scherzer signs with uh, the the Dodgers. He just stays there. Um, so, But other than that, um, free agency will be a lot of fun, I think. Um and I think the Tigers will be big players. Also, I think the Mariners could be big players as well. Um, I, I've heard some, not rumors, but 
a connection that maybe makes sense is Bryant, Chris Bryant to Seattle. Mm-hmm. They're, okay. They I watched the last game of the year. Uh, Corey Seager, not Corey Seager, Kyle Seager, excuse me, um, has been there for like ten years, um, and they brought him off the field because he's got like a club option or something like that. It looks like they're not going to re-sign him because they'd have to give him like twenty million, twenty-one million dollars a year, which mm. is a, a lot. Of, it's a lot. It's a little bit of an overpay. Um, but uh, that would be a game changer to get a guy like Bryant, put him at third base. Um, I think that would be, I think that would shake up a lot of things. If they, if they could get Bryant, then they might be able to convince some uh, starting pitchers as well to come over uh, and join him. I think so it's because mm-hmm. then like, Oh, Seattle was such a fun team. Um, and they're serious about winning. They just signed big time free agent. Like maybe they're going to sign me too. Um, so like that helps, like you have to, like, it's never the team that just signs one big free agent. You have to build off of that, but also you don't want to sign too many free agents because what if those guys pan out or don't pan out, um, which has happened to Padres, um, almost seemingly twice it's happened to them. Um, so you have to be careful with that. Like one Mm -hmm. or two or like two or three is kind of like the happy, like two big name. And then one, like really like key player. That's that's the happy zone right there. So that's all that's I got. Good. That's all I got. And I have nothing. So, jeez. Oh, <laughs> well, do you want to get us started with uh, the wings? Yeah. Our final. Um, our final roster I have in front of me. Um, twenty-three man roster. Twenty-three. Twenty-five. How many people? I should know this. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. Twenty-three man roster was due today at five. Um, we officially have entered the Mo Sider and, uh, Lucas Raymond season era, whatever you want to call it of the yes. Red Wings. So, yes, sir. um, players that were released slash assigned today were Taro Hirose, uh, Riley, Bar- Ry- wow, hold on. Riley, Riley Barber, Barber, Bobby Ryan, RIP, and Joe Valeno. Um, we can circle back to Bobby Ryan in a second. Our forward core is Philip Zadina, Philip Zadina, Robbie Fabry, Mitchell Stevens, Lucas Raymond, Peace Suter, Mike, Michael Rasmussen, Carter Rowney, Giovanni Smith, Tyler Bertuzzi, Dylan Larkin, Adam Ernie, Sam Gagne, and Vladislav Nemestikov. Our defensemen are Nick Letty, Philip Peronik, Mark Stahl, Gustav Lidstrom, Moritz Seider, Danny DeKaiser, Troy Stetcher, and Jordan Osterley. And our goalies are Thomas Grice, Alex Nedeljkovic, and then our poor boy, uh, Jacob Verana, is on the injury reserve list. Yeah. He's out for four months because he needs shoulder surgery. That's unfortunate. Which is just the worst. <laughs> but that frees up a spot for our good friend, Lucas Raymond, that we're all yes, super it does. hype about. Um, yes, it does. I don't know if you want to start, if you have some thoughts. Um... um... No, I uh, was very interested in the fact that um, that Bobby Ryan was not given a contract of any sort. Um, I'm kind of sad about it. Um, I know what my thoughts were previous pods, and I still stand by that. But I, he's the hard. He you can't root against him. Yeah. He's the easiest person in the world to root for. Um, and especially since Joe Valeno didn't make the team, I am just, I guess, interested in that dynamic. Um, I know that Carter Rowney is a, is a center and can take those face-offs and do the stuff that a center needs to do, but Joe Valeno was right there. Um, so that I was a little disappointed in. Otherwise, over the moon. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm good. That is that is literally my only complaint is Carter Rowney why and Joe Valeno why. Uh, I think Carter Rowney why is because a he can take faceoffs and b that's a guy that you would put in the press box over a Valeno. I know, um, I, and like I, I I get that, but at the same time, yeah, I just I want the kid to make it. Yeah, if finally you know. Yeah, it's it is what it is. Um, it is what it is. I think I'm super excited. I, I I want to aboard the Raymond hype train, and I think I will. Um, but someone had a horrible thought on, on the Twitter sphere. Of course they did. Um, that 
they'll keep Raymond up for his ten games now, and if he struggles, then he'll send they'll send him down and then sign Bobby Ryan. Why would um, that person speak that into the universe? You see, I don't really know. Um, I hate that. But that's <laughs> don't, that's don't give them ideas. <laughs> yeah, that's that's dumb. And especially like, where are you gonna is he gonna start first line um, with Zadina I... and Larkin? Because uh, we talked a lot last. You think week it'll about... be Zadina? You don't think it'll be Bert? Oh no, it's not gonna be Bert. They're gonna keep the golf line together. They're gonna keep Bert. You don't know so... that. <laughs> well... Because Larkin and Bert were on the same line. As... It was Larkin, Bert, Raymond during preseason it for was. A, a couple yeah for a definitely at least a couple shifts hmm. well the, so the blashel blender tm will well no i know we're gonna pull people from the stands it's it's a whole thing yeah yeah it'll be the, it'll be what it is it'll be an event but as long as raymond is stapled to larkin's side i don't care who the other winger is yeah sure like truly i do not i agree i agree um so when we start messing with that that i have issues Right, and I think that's when you'll see like that unlocking piece come in um, as well. Uh, once j- you need to get those guys on the same page, however you do yep. it. Uh, th- from hearing from what everybody says, those are the two most talented players on on the roster, minus a Zadina, um, for different reasons. Um, so if they don't have chemistry early on, that's okay. Make sure they do. Um, if they mm-hmm. do have chemistry early on, great. Make sure it stays that way. Um, and I think that's what we're going to see. Now you have the toughest task that anybody could have playing the defending Stanley Cup champions at home on Thursday night uh, to open your season. Um, and just giving us an easy one. No, nope, like... can't do it. But hey, maybe, just... maybe, maybe we surprise the world and uh, beat the Cup champions on home. But ice. also, that's just kind of our mo. I guess they should have been like, you know what I mean? Like we 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 beat the good teams. That's yeah. just how we roll. Sure. If we had gotten somebody like. I, I don't know who's middling right now. Mm. Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, if we'd gotten Pittsburgh on the first night, it'd be like, ah, oh, dang. Buffalo. Buffalo. Forgot about them. Jack Eichel still on their team. Nah, he won't be for long. Or maybe he will. Who knows? He we don't know. There are there there's no answers. Um. Anyways, I, I saw projections, and I don't know. I should have screenshotted it because I don't know what it was. It was like, I think it was like hockey war team builder or something they had get get this they had okay they had buffalo and detroit finishing with the same points okay of 68 okay so wrong there and they yeah. had the kraken finishing second in their division mm. i would say the red wings yeah. right now have a better roster than the kraken like hands down i would take the red wings roster over the kraken roster any day right now with the exception of okay. goalie, they have a better they have better goaltending. That's yeah. it. That is yeah. it. So I don't know. Uh, There's a lot of hype around the Kraken. Yeah, because like, of the truly. Knights. Because of the Knights, what happens if they come out of the gate? No, suck? I mean I'm not even talking just like fans. I'm talking like reporters. Fair, but that's <laughs> that. You don't think that helps with the ESPN deal because you've no, got these around. people. They've got, you've got these people who, given what they think about hockey or whatever not necessarily used to the game of hockey, don't know how to analyze it. I mean, I'm sitting here. I don't know how to analyze hockey. We're just two fans made a, who made a podcast, and we're just talking about our thoughts. But yes. um, these people have not studied hockey in the way that, like, NBC or, like, these other, like, hockey markets or hockey, like, mm-hmm. uh, platforms have done. And, the like, the world was shocked that, the Knights did as well as they did, but I think the hockey world was even more shocked that they did what they did because that was not supposed to happen. So now, that's true. ESPN is thinking, well, the Knights did great off the bat. Why wouldn't the Kraken do great off the bat? And I think some hockey fans are taking a seat back. It's like, well, that was that was wildly impressive. Like, <laughs> like not only yeah. did they have great chemistry, but they had to get lucky. Like William Carlson, forty-five goal scorer, shouldn't have happened. And if he wasn't a 45-goal scorer, no way they make it to the playoffs, let alone the Stanley Cup final. Right. So, um, but I'm excited, obviously. Game's this Thursday. I'll be pumped. I'll rock the Red Wings Brecken's sweater. going. Uh, I might be. I'm not sure. <gasps> That's I might so be fun. Because um, heading back for the wedding, so I'm going to try to head back a day early. Um, so, super excited. Um, going to rock whatever hockey jersey I have. I've got plenty, as you see back there. Yes, um, so many. But 
uh, yeah, very interesting. I think we've talked a lot about like line shuffling, what they're going to do, mm-hmm. the roster set. Um, I think with the exception of one or two guys, we were kind of we were right on the head as far mm-hmm. as who's going to be there uh, on the team. Um, and now we wait and see how it develops. Did you get to watch any of the preseason stuff? Uh, I, I heard about the Buffalo game, which was abysmal, but that was when, that was kind of, I guess, Najalkovich's coming out party a little bit. Yeah. Um, he, cause he, I think he started both games. Mm, no. He's, I guess he started just that one. I, I don't know. I just remember goaltending not being what it should be. And then I remembered that Jonathan Bernier is no longer our mm-hmm. goalie. And I was like, oh yeah, that's it there. That's where it went. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I thought they did fine, especially since it wasn't most of the time it wasn't like opening night roster, you know. Yeah. Um defense seemed to be struggling a little bit, which was concerning. Um poor Mo Sider got walked, completely spun around on the boards. Um but that's that was with the Jets. That wasn't the Buffalo game. That was yeah. uh, nope, not no. It was the Blue Jackets. I can't get the fact that Patrick Laine is no longer on the Jets out of my head. Um, it's hard. He's now on the Blue Jackets. Uh, completely walked Mo Sider, um, the poor kid. But it's I guess if it's gonna happen, you want it to happen in preseason, right? right. Like you want that crazy dangle or whatever to to trip him up in the first twenty minutes of the NHL that he's ever played, and then for the rest of his life, do fine. Um, that's not actually going to happen. He is going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there needs to be grace in that. I think we all are like, really want him to just like mash people into the ground, but I don't think that we're going to get that really probably for another month or two at, at the very least. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm I excited. would, I would say I feel more confident about cider than I do Raymond at this point. Yes. Uh, inconsistency, at least, I yeah. would agree. I don't. I don't think that that honeymoon period will take as long as you think. I think that's where I disagree with you. Mm. But I think it'll be half that time. Because again, we've been watching. I'm this. hopeful, but no, sure, sure. Maybe, maybe I'm too hopeful in this regard. Um, I feel like that's where we all, where we always land. <laughs> that's where we always land, especially with the Red Wings. But I think because everywhere that this kid has been, said it last week, said the week mm-hmm. before, he's he's been head and shoulders above his peers now he's going to be you know i think they seasoned him well i think Mm -hmm. they seasoned him i don't want to say perfectly but at the right time to where he can set himself up for success this year especially if he's going to is he going to be with letty on line one or is he going to be line two um i think he was line he was playing with letty but i don't know that they were line one and two i couldn't remember if it was heronic and kaiser was line one or because i think heronic and kaiser were line one so the seasoning him being the way that he is and then also him settling into a nice two like a mid-level defenseman role to start i think is going to help him exponentially um and i think he he's not even on any conversation for calder cup uh like conversation right now which is sad um and i think i think a lot of people are going to regret that but yeah um, super excited i prediction for opening night i say Raymond gets a goal. Who gets the first goal? Larkin. You think Larkin's going to get the I think first goal? I think that's pretty poetic. I think he'll get the first goal. I think it would be poetic, but I also I think kind of really want to be, like, ornery and say someone, like, totally off the wall, like, Nick Letty will get the first one. Like, that's it, kind of what I want to say. I think it'd be hilarious if Bertuzzi got the first goal. And we've already talked about why that would be hilarious. It would be hilarious. It would be so funny. Like, what would happen? Yes. Would he get booed or cheered? Yeah. He has also, unfortunately, been skating like he has not skated since February. That's how he always looks. I, <laughs> I know, but you want him to be a little bit more ahead of the curve. I got it. I gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm sure he'll get his legs back under him. I'm not worried about him. 100%. So, Yeah. All right, so I say Nick Letty just for pure chaos, and you say Larkin's getting the first. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, the first goal will be Tampa. Tampa will score first. Oh, well, yeah, no, I mean for the Red Wings. Yes. <laughs> no, okay. I'm fully aware that Tampa's scoring first. <laughs> I I think Tampa might score in the first two minutes of the game. Uh, yeah. Right, do you think we'll win this game? Like, truly, do you think we'll win this game? 
No. Because I am leaning towards no. Uh, no. I think we I think we lose in overtime. Okay. Okay. Not shootout overtime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, the Red Wings played well opening night last time with fans. I mean, they crushed Dallas, and Dallas was in the Stanley Cup final that year yeah. under different circumstances. But Yeah. Um, and then they didn't have fans to begin with, but uh, I feel like they played well in the first game of the year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think a little bit will, that will play into it. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's yeah. what I think. Okay. Sounds good. I think I, I think don't have any other it. comments really. No, I'm good. We we're at an hour, and I think yes. I think people are in my house. Um, not I know yes. that they're here, but yes, I've heard them talking. It's fun. Yes. Sorry, Ben. He's got to edit that. It's tough. It's tough. <laughs> Alrighty, thank you so much, folks, for listening this week. Um, we will see you next week. Please remember to. Subscribe, rate us five stars. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at CNC Sports Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, did you have something? You look no. like you have something to say. No, oh, I was never mind. My hand. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyways, we are so thankful that you listened. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Deuces. Hey, everybody. This is Noelle. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CNC Replay. Please subscribe and rate us five stars as it really helps us out. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at CNC Sports Pod. We'll see you next week.